Today is Vision Sunday. I'm so excited uh, about today because I believe that Jesus has given us a word as a church about this blessing that he wants to bestow upon your life for 2017. Where does this come from? If you look in Revelations, Revelations, there are different churches. Now, there's one church. We're all part of one church. But in Revelation, uh, Jesus actually gives different words to different churches, seven different churches, Church of Philadelphia, Church of this and that. Uh, and so we believe that Jesus has given us a word for 2017, and I promise you that today you're going to be blessed by it. So first thing is, if you would open your Bible, if you don't have your Bible, pull out your phone and use your, uh, use your app. I want you to follow along in the word with me. Uh, it's so important you know that I'm not sharing just my opinions, that we're sharing God's word. God's word is what will help you transform, not somebody's opinion. Amen? So turn with me to 1 John, 1 John chapter 4, and uh, starting in uh, verse 9, excuse me, 1 John 4, verse 9, from the ESV, it says this, In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, verse 10, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sin, to be the sacrifice, the payment. You see, entering 2017, family, you need to know this first and foremost, that God loves you, that God loves you. He is on your side. Do you know that when you're looking to receive something from the Lord, it comes by faith, but Part of that faith is made, faith is made easier when you believe that God loves you. If you actually go down further in chapter 4, it says, uh, it says that we have known and believed the love that God has for us. Uh, spouses, you know this. The more that you know that your spouse loves you, the easier it is for you to believe that they're going to take care of you. The easier it is for you to believe that they're going to do right to you. Uh, children, as, as parents, when we believe that God, that when your parent, when you believe that your parent loves you, you know that if you ask something because they love you, that they're going to pull through. You see, faith is made easier, faith is made easier when you have a right understanding of who you are. You are God's beloved. Amen? Say this out loud. I am God's beloved. I am God's beloved. So 2017, start to practice the love of God for yourself. Practice it. You know, John practiced it. Uh, if you look at Mark, Luke, uh, John, the Gospels, the four Gospels, John, he wrote his. And what he would do is interesting. When he was talking about himself, he didn't say John did X, Y, and Z. He would say the disciple whom Jesus loved did X, Y, and Z. Do you know that he was practicing the love of God for himself. He wasn't being arrogant. He was reminding himself who he was because the world will tell you that you are not loved. The world will come and beat you down. And you do have an enemy. Satan will come and try to remind you that you are not God's beloved, but you are. Practice his love for you. Practice his love for you. And as you receive his love for you, I promise you that what happens is it's easier to love others. Married couples, I promise you, if, if 2017 is a year that you want to have the best marriage ever, the first thing that you need to do is to learn to receive God's love for yourself because the Bible says in 1 John that we love because he first loved us. So as you receive God's love, then you have something that can be poured out to your, your spouse. Make sense? And your kids too. Your kids too. Okay. Just setting this up. That's not, that's not the word yet. This is my setup. 
Everybody just hold your horses. I can see that you're just waiting to know the word. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, turn with me to 2 Corinthians one twenty. 2 Corinthians one twenty. Another thing that you need to know for 2017, 2 Corinthians one twenty. the NIV, it says this. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. They are yes. No matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Amen simply means, yes, I receive it. I agree with it. It's mine. I, I claim your promise, Lord. When you said that I was the righteousness of God in Christ, that's mine. That's who I am. When you said that you sanctified me, that you set me apart, you made me uncommon, I, I say amen to that. So be it unto me. Amen? 2017. You can look through God's word, and whenever you see a promise to God's people, know that in Christ it is yes. In Christ it is yes for you. And then your response is what? Amen. amen. Say it one more time. Amen. amen. Ah, love it. So, 2017, receive God's love. Know that all of his promises are yes in Christ for you. All right, let's get this party started. I've got a lot of scripture today. I believe that God's word is transformative through uh, hearing it through the lens of Jesus. And so Genesis 12, let's start in Genesis. Uh, there's a journey that we have a friend of ours. You might have heard of this guy. His name is Abram. Abram. He later became Abraham. But before he became Abraham, his name was Abram. And he started off uh, this journey with a promise from God. Genesis 12 verse 1 says this, the Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. Verse 2, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. How many people? All. That's you and I. All the people. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haram. Now, I just want to tell you this first and foremost. The first thing that you notice, if you read this passage, who's doing the blessing? Is it us? Is it us? Does it say, you will work really hard, and then I will bless you? No, it's God. 2017, you have to know that God loves to bless his people. He loves to bless you. And it even says here, you can see that it says, through Abram, all people will be blessed. And I don't have time to get into it today, but if you look in Galatians, what you'll find is that this promise was given to Abram's seed, who is Jesus, and we are in Jesus. And it says we are blessed with believing Abram. Abraham, actually, back then. So I don't have time to get into that today, but I promise you, this is for you, okay? This is for you. He wants to bless you this year. He wants to bless you in 2017. Now, one of the things that I noticed about this passage, too, is Abram is 75 years old. He's 75 years young. 75 years young. 2017, let me just tell you this. If you are advanced in years, you are still young at heart, and God still has something left for you. Amen? Come on now. If you're advanced in years, you are just getting started. This promise was given to Abram when he was 75 years old. 75 years old, and he was just beginning. 
He was just beginning. In 2017, the Lord wants to renew your hope, renew your mindset that if you're advanced in years, you still have a lot left to give. You still have life to live, and you still are going to change this world. Amen, Dave. Flex it. Come on. Come on, baby. Um, this is the start of Vision Sunday, okay? He wants to make you, oh, I can't say it because I'll ruin it. We'll get there. We'll get there. Mm. <laughs> okay, so in Genesis 12, Abraham is given a promise, right? He's 75 years old. He's pretty old already. Turn with me now to Genesis 15. Genesis 15. He left his home. Things are happening. Genesis 15, starting in verse 1. Ten years now have passed. Ten years. He's now 85 years old. And guess what? The promises actually was given has not been fulfilled in Abram's life yet. Start with me now. Verse 1. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. You know, when you're believing God for something that has not occurred, he will come to you and remind you of three different things. The first one is, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. I know that this thing is happening and you're not seeing the blessing that I promised. I know that this doesn't look the way that maybe it should, but don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Why? Number two, because I am your shield. God is your shield. In 2017, know that God is on your side and he is your shield. Amen? It's not a politician. It's not a bank. It's not a, a government employee. It's not, it's not a teacher. Your shield is Jesus himself. Amen? That's the best news that you could ever have because God is above all. He's above all. And then he says this, I am your very great reward. Understand, family, as promises come, we don't chase promises. We don't chase the promises. We chase Jesus. We chase Jesus, and those things chase you down. Jesus himself is your very great reward. He is your reward. And I promise you, the things will come. The Bible says this. It says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Now, don't chase all the things. They will come. Chase his kingdom, which is already inside of you. For the kingdom is not a matter of, of talk, but a matter of power. And it also says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit inside of you. Amen? And guess what? He says, seek his righteousness, not your righteousness. Seek his righteousness. Amen. His righteousness is a gift. It's a gift that you have to receive. Amen? Oh, he's so good. So, 2017, God is going to do something significant in your life. There are promises that you've been given. Abram was given a promise. Ten years later, some of y'all have been waiting a long time for something to, to break through. Maybe it's in your health. Maybe it's in your finances. You're going, Lord, where have you been? He's going to come, and he's going to remind you that he is your shield. Don't be afraid, and he is your reward. Amen? Somebody say amen to that. Receive that. Verse 2. Verse 2. 
Genesis 15. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me? Since I remain childless, and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. You know, sometimes we get frustrated. We're going, Lord, you gave me this promise, but it ain't happening because nothing's going on. Nothing's going on. I don't understand. Watch the Lord. Verse 4, then the word of the Lord came to him, this man shall not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took Abram outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. After 10 years, God came and reminded him, don't be afraid, don't be afraid, I am faithful. You can trust me. It might not be on your timetable, but trust me. My results will be better than anything you can do on your own. You can trust me. I am your reward. I am your reward. In verse 6, Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. Does it say Abram worked for the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness? No, it says he believed him. He believed God's goodness. Amen? When you put your faith in Jesus, you say, Lord, I believe you. God counts that as righteousness, as righteousness. What is righteousness? I've said that three times, four times, maybe five times now. Y'all, let me just give you a quick rundown. Righteousness uh, means that you're in right relationship with God. Your right relationship with God is not based upon what you do, but based upon what Jesus has done. And not only are you right with God, but his very, you have become his very righteousness. You are no longer a sinner. Your identity is the righteousness of God. That's who you are. The more that you believe who you are, the more it will manifest in your life. When you believe that you are the righteousness of God, it's amazing how suddenly these things come natural to you. You are not a sinner if you put your faith in Jesus. Amen? Paul calls you a saint. That's who you are. That's who you are. Know who you are. So, Abram believed God, and God credited to him his righteousness. But we still don't have the promise being fulfilled yet. Genesis 16 now. Go to the next chapter. Genesis 16, after 10 years, going into the 11th year, Abram is still going, Lord, I believe you, but I'm going to do something about it myself. And so let's see what happens. Abram and his wonderful wife come up with a plan to fulfill God's promise in their life. And let me just tell you, the, the, when you do something in your own flesh, it will never be as good what, as what God does by his spirit. When you do something in your own flesh, it will never be as blessed as what God will do by his spirit in his grace. Amen? Watch. Genesis 16.1 now. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. There it is again. They're frustrated. They're not looking at God. They're looking at their circumstance. They're looking at this unfulfilled promise. 2017. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to encourage you with these promises, but don't look at the promise. Look at the person. Jesus, keep your eyes on Jesus, amen, and the promise will come. Chase Jesus, 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 Jesus. How many times can I say Jesus in a sermon? Not enough, not enough. Lord, you're good. Okay, uh, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. 
Verse 2. So she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go and sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abram agreed to what Sarai said. You see, frustration can come when you start to move from God's from trusting God and His grace into trusting yourself and your effort. Do you all hear what I just said? If there's an area of your life where you're feeling frustrated, it is probably because you have stopped trusting God and His timing and His grace, and you've started to trust yourself, and it's not working out for you. And what happens when you start to go into frustration is oftentimes it leads to operating in the flesh. And you start to try to accomplish what God promised to you, which he wants to do by his spirit and his grace. Then you start to try to do it yourself. Amen? You can't make yourself, you can't take yourself from a sinner to a saint. Only his grace can do that. Only his spirit can do that. And you will be frustrated if you are trying to take yourself from sinner to saint. Does that make sense? Okay, I'm just, I'm trying to give you an example. If you're believing God that uh, for a better marriage this year or maybe a better family life, you have to put your faith in him and trust him, not in yourself. Because if you trust in yourself, your, your self-effort will only take you so far and you're going to become frustrated. So Abram and Sarai were so uh, fixated on accomplishing this promise that they got tired of waiting on God and they decided to try themselves and the result was not what God wanted. If you read down to the bottom of Genesis, you don't have to go there, but uh, what happened is they followed through and, and Abram had, uh, had a kid with this slave, uh, Hagar, and they named him Ishmael. And Ishmael, it says in the Bible, was not of the promise. He was of the flesh, of the flesh. So what do we, what do we need to learn from this family? This year, we need to learn to stay at rest. Stay at rest. Continue to rest while God works on your behalf, okay? Rest, and God will work on your behalf. Now, rest is not inactivity. Rest is simply spirit-led activity. Let Holy Spirit speak to you, and he will help guide you. Amen? But don't do what, what Abram and Sarai did, okay? <laughs> Didn't work out so awesome for them. But you know what later, actually what we find is God is so good, he's so loving, that even, even though Ishmael was not born of God's promise, he was not born of the Spirit, he was not born by grace, he was born of their flesh, Abram went to God and he's like, look, Lord, I, I know that this isn't how it was supposed to be, and, but I still have him do you mind blessing him anyway? And God loved him so much that he did. He blessed him. You know, sometimes your efforts will get you somewhere, but the truth is it will never be as blessed or take you as far as God's grace and his spirit will. Amen? The blessing that was bestowed upon Ishmael was not as good or as complete as the blessing that came on Isaac. Because Isaac was born of promise. He was born of unearned, undeserved favor. Amen? Okay, Genesis 17. Here's the good stuff, baby. This is where, uh, back in September, the Lord started speaking to me, and he started using these words, and I was like, Lord, I don't even know where you're going with this. And then he pointed me to this passage of Scripture to declare this over you for 2017. Now watch this. This is amazing. So Genesis 17 now. We're actually advancing even further. Abram was given the promise at 75. It is now 24 years later. 
24 years, some of y'all have been waiting for a long time for something to happen in your life. Don't get frustrated. Stay at rest. Stay at rest because God will come through. Watch this. Verse 1 from the New King James Version. When Abram was 99 years old, that's 24 years after the first promise, the Lord appeared to Abram and he said to him, I am almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. After 24 years, God comes and he says, Abram, I am almighty God. Do you know, our English does not do it justice. Our English doesn't do it justice. There is so much beauty in the Hebrew word here uh, of almighty God. It's actually, the, the Hebrew word is El Shaddai. El Shaddai. And it means the all-sufficient supplying one. It comes from shad, meaning supply, and die, meaning provides. You see, when Abram was waiting on a promise that he himself could not fulfill correctly, God came to him and reminded him, I am the all-sufficient supplying one. Look at me. I will supply the thing that you cannot supply for yourself. Amen? I will supply the very thing that you can't do. Rest in me. Rest in me. Uh, another way to say it is, I am the God who mightily supplies. And the interesting word is, is, is uh, another kind of um, uh, where this Hebrew word comes from. It has this idea that God has the ability to overturn creation. Do you know in the word it says that Abram and Sarai were well past childbearing age, well past it. And it says that their bodies actually were, uh, were dried up, as it were. They were done. They were no longer able to be fruitful, but Almighty God, the one who supplies, it says that he can even overturn creation. He can cause it to do things that it's not supposed to. Isn't that beautiful? If you're naturally given to anger, do you know the Lord can turn that and make you a gentle and a kind person? If you're naturally given to uh, to be addicted to things, God can overturn that and make it so that you have self-control. Amen? Whatever it is that you need, God can supply it today. Whatever it is that you need, God can supply it, and he will. 2017, know this, that the God who loves you is all-sufficient and supplying you. Amen? Verse 2. And I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. You see, the covenant that we have was not cut by our own effort. It was cut by him. It says that God made the covenant between us, just as he did with Abram. Isn't that beautiful? God will do these things for you. Verse 3. Then Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me... Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. This is the third time, at least, that God has reminded him of the promise. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. What tense is that? I have made you? That's past tense. I have made you. You see, when God looks at you, he's, not look, he's looking through the lens of his finished work. You're saying, man, how can I be righteous? I still, do, I still do bad things occasionally. God looks through his finished work. God calls things that are not as though they were. God called Abraham a father of many nations before the promise had even been fulfilled. You know what else I love about this passage? 
is that is that God gets Abram to start speaking correctly. Some of y'all in 2017, you need to start to get radical about your speaking. Radical about it. You see, Abram means exalted father. God changed his name to Abraham, which means father of many. So every time somebody said Abraham's name, every time he introduced himself as Abraham, he was being reminded of what God had done. Do you see how good and how smart the Lord is? Before it was even true. Isn't that, isn't that wonderful? This year, speak out what God has made you. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am God's beloved. I am more than a conqueror through Christ who loves me. Start to speak it out. Even if it's not necessarily a fact yet, it's the truth about who you are. And eventually, the facts will line up with the truth. Do you all hear what I just said? Eventually, the facts of your life will line up with the truth. Keep saying the truth in your life. There's another thing that just happened here. Something big happened. Something big. You see, when Abram went to Abraham, there was one Hebrew letter that was added to his name. It's our favorite letter here at Rain Church. It's the letter H. And if you know anything about Hebrew numerology and uh, the way that they work, every letter of the Hebrew alphabet is, corresponds to a number. And every one of those has some kind of significant meaning. It's actually got even a, a pictograph and a word display. Let me just tell you, the number H corresponds to the, uh, uh, the letter H co- corresponds to the number five. And the number five represents God's grace. You see, before Abram's circumstance changed, Grace had to come into the situation. Y'all just hear what I said? God put the grace into the situation, and shortly hereafter, the promise was fulfilled. The promise was fulfilled. It wasn't until grace came on the scene that God's promise manifested in Abram's life. Amen? Isn't that cool? Wherever you're at today, whatever's going on in your life, God wants to breathe his grace into your situation. God's grace is unearned, undeserved favor. Let me just put it this way. What is God's grace? It's Jesus. It's Jesus supplying the things that you need for your life. It's what God does for you that you can't do for yourself. If you're going, I can't change me. I'm addicted to that. I can't change me. I'm angry all the time. I'm irritable all the time. I'm depressed. I have anxiety. There's something about my life that I can't change. What you need is grace because grace will change you. And when we talk about grace in this church, we're talking about a person. His name is Jesus. Amen. The grace of God is Jesus. Jesus will transform you from the inside out, and he can also transform your circumstance. Here it is, family. Are you ready for this? God wants to add the grace into your situation this year, and this is what's going to happen. Verse 6, this is what's going to happen. This is 2017's theme. I will make you exceedingly fruitful. I will make you exceedingly fruitful. Will you go to the next slide for me, Josh? 2017 is the year of exceeding fruitfulness. Exceeding fruitfulness. Not just fruitful. God wants to have this year be an exceedingly fruitful year in your life. What does that mean? If you are looking 
for breakthrough in your finances, God is going to make it exceedingly fruitful. If you're hoping this year that your family life is going to be better than it ever has, that your married life is going to be better than it ever has, this year is your year. This year is going to be exceedingly fruitful in your life. Amen? Do you receive it today? Mm. The Lord spoke to me uh, specifically about a, a couple things here. Uh, when it comes to this this idea of exceeding fruitfulness. I believe that the first thing that he wants to bless in 2017 has to do with businesses. So if you run a business or you're uh, in business for yourself or something like that, that the Lord wants to cause your business to be exceedingly fruitful this year. The second area that he talked to me about was family relationships, family life. Uh, and he was specifically talking about your married life, that this year you can look forward to the Lord transforming your marriage so that it's heaven on earth. It's going to be the best year for your family. It's going to be the best year that you've ever had between you and your spouse. Can I get an amen to that? Those are two primary areas. And you know what? There's other areas. Uh, one of the areas he talked to me about was your health. The Lord wants to cause 2017 to be the, uh, the best year that you've ever had for your health. Somebody say amen to that. Mm. I love this, that he will make you exceedingly fruitful, exceedingly fruitful. You know what it says in Ephesians 3.20? Watch this. It says this, now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Go back to verse 20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, not just exceedingly, but abundantly, above all that you ask or think. That is your God. He loves you that much. So this year, 2017, if you come to him and say, Lord, I, I, you know, in my own personal life, there are areas that I want to see more fruit of the Spirit. I want to see more peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. The Lord is going to make you exceedingly fruitful this year. Ask him for it. Believe him for it. Stand on it that he is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all. The, it's not my word. That's, that's the Bible. That's the Bible. Y'all ever read that verse? It's crazy. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly. You know what? Ask big, and God wants to exceed your expectations. Ask big this year. Ask big. Amen? God wants to bless you and make you exceedingly fruitful for this year. Okay, let's back up. Abraham, Abram was given a promise. It took 25 years to complete it, right? But the reality is there was 24 years that took place without God's grace, and there was frustration. Abram was frustrated because grace had not come into the situation yet, okay? But as soon as God's grace was breathed into the situation, his unearned, undeserved favor Abram and his wife became exceedingly fruitful. Today, receive it today, family. Receive his grace this year, and your life is going to be exceedingly fruitful. Speak it to him. If you have a pen and paper, if you have a, a phone, or whatever it is, I want you to, before the end of today, write three things down that you would like the Lord to accomplish in your life. Say, Lord, I, I want to have, uh, I, I want to be less 
less angry. I don't want to be angry anymore or easily irritated. Lord, I, I would like to, to go from making $12 an hour to $20 an hour. Lord, whatever it is, write three things down by the end of today and at the end of the year in 2017. Let's take a look and let's see what God has done. Amen? Let's take a look and let's see what God has done. So one of the things I want to tell you is at the end of seven, uh, uh, chapter 17, Isaac is born. Isaac, the, the, uh, the, the child of promise, is born. Now, it's something that's interesting here. This is one of the principles for this year, family. You need to hear this. One of the principles is this. Less is more. God spoke this to me. Less is more. Now, watch this. You see, God came and he said, he said I'm going to make you a father of many nations. Many. There's this idea of many, right? So Abram went into trying to accomplish this under his own flesh, and he even got frustrated with God. He's like, look, Lord, you said, you said many. I don't even have one. I got to start. We got to start making kids now, man. How are we going to become father of many nations? What's going on? But you know what? The, the promise of many came from one. It came from one. It came from Isaac. It came from Isaac. This year, don't be attempted to achieve this fruitfulness in your life through many routes. I believe that the Lord is saying that less is more this year. He's going to use uh, less routes than you think to accomplish many promises. Does that make sense? Business people, hear what I'm saying. Families, hear what I'm saying. If you're a family and you, you, are, you are going to the hilt with all kinds of things all over the place, this might be the year that it's time for you to cut back. And when you cut back, it's going to produce more fruit than you ever thought. Businesses, maybe it's time that you do less and you get really good at doing the less things that you do, and all of a sudden it accomplishes more. I don't know that for sure. I'm just saying that when he spoke this to me, he was talking about the idea that, m that the fruitfulness came not from many routes, but it came from a singular one. Less is more. Amen? Who produces fruit? Jesus does. Not your effort, it's Jesus, okay? Let me prove it to you. Turn with me now to John 15. Since it's the year of exceeding fruitfulness, we might as well see what Jesus has to say about fruit, right? John 15, 1, NIV. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. Verse 2, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Pause. Okay, uh, the translation here, I, I don't know why the translators decided to do this, but actually the Greek word for cut off is not cut off. It's actually lift up. What Jesus is talking about, he said, man, when, when one of my branches is in the dirt, if you know anything about, uh, about like grapes and the way they, they kind of have these branches that go all over the place, and if they go into the dust, the dust causes, it, it doesn't allow them to be fruitful. So what it says here is, is Jesus actually says, uh, any, any branch that isn't bearing fruit, I am going to lift it up. I'm going to lift it off. Amen? And then the next part, it says, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. You think, when you and I think of pruning, we think of cutting. But actually, the Greek word here used is not to cut. It's actually to clean. It's to clean. And you can see it actually in verse 3. Uh, if you look at verse 3, it says, you are already clean. That's the same 
root word used for prune. So when Jesus comes to you, he said, if there's, if there's an area of your life that's not bearing fruit, he's going to lift it up. And then the areas that are bearing fruit, he's going to clean it. And how does he clean it? With the washing of his word. With the washing of his word. He wants to, you know, what you're doing today, you're being cleaned right now because the dust of the, of the world has settled on you and maybe you've had a hard day at work or a hard week at work or family life has been tough and you're just going, man, I don't feel good. I feel condemned. I feel shamed. I feel just like, I just feel blah. And so what I'm doing is I'm using God's word to clean you off so that you can bear fruit. Continue, verse four. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. For apart from me, how much can you do? Nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You can do nothing. That's not my word. That's Jesus. We have to remain in the vine. What does it mean? When he talks about, uh, some of your translations will say abide, abide in me. Uh, it has this idea of waiting on the Lord. It has this idea of waiting on the Lord to produce the fruit. You know what I think of, family? I think of rest. I think of rest. I think of just resting, and, and even though there might be, you know, let's just say that between you and your kids, there's, there's some trouble, and you're going, Lord, I really need you to produce fruit over here. I want a better relationship with my kids, and it's not happening. You know what your job is? Your job is not to get out of the vine and go into self-effort and try to fix the problem. Your job is to remain, to stay put, to wait, to be at rest as God produces the fruit. Trust him. Trust him. And he will produce the fruit. This year is the year of exceeding fruitfulness. Receive it. Also, one of the other things he told me, if, if you're believing for a child, if you're believing to get pregnant or you're believing for a child, we actually already have the manifestation a little bit already uh, of this. But if you're believing for a child, this is your year. This is your year. He's already spoken to me exceedingly fruitful, exceedingly fruitful. This year is going to be your best year by the grace and the love of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Jesus will produce the fruit in your life. Just remain. Just remain. Just, you know, when, that, when you get the urge to go, man, Lord, I really need something to happen over here. I really need something to happen over here. Just stay at rest. Believe God. And you know what? You know what God taught Abram to do? To speak rightly by changing his name from Abram to Abraham. He taught him to speak rightly about the situation. Instead of continuing to speak the problem, speak the promise. Amen? Worship team, come on up. Family, would you stand with me now? Stand with me and close your eyes. All right. Would you lift your hands with me? And even if, if you just want to keep them low, that's fine. This is just a posture of going, Lord, I want whatever it is that you got. 
I'm open to it today, Lord. I receive it today. I don't trust in my own efforts. According to Jesus, I can do nothing apart from him. So I'm going to stay connected to him. I'm going to remain and just wait on the Lord and rest and trust that as God puts the grace into my situation that it's going to be transformed. I'll never be the same after 2017. I declare over you right now, family, just receive this, that this year is going to be the best year of your life in 2017. You're going to be exceedingly fruitful in your family life. You're going to be exceedingly fruitful in your married life. You're going to be exceedingly fruitful in your business, in all that your business produces uh, or your workplace. It is going to be exceedingly fruitful for you this year year in 2017 that your health is going to exceed any of your expectations because God is able to do abundantly exceedingly abundantly above all that we think or ask all that we think or ask